0: The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. a bit of drama in our grand finals, just ask Jimmy about uh, some of those calls from 1989. So now we've decided it's time to hear about some of the great grand final refereeing calls. So we've invited in a man who refereed 267 top level games, including three grand finals in a row back in the 90s. It's a big welcome to Greg McCallum. Welcome, Greg.
1: Hello, everyone. Great to be involved.
0: Just before Jimmy chimes in, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy. did did you get along with Jimmy, Greg?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I used to love refereeing the, the Tigers. I used to love going to Leichhardt Oval. And, you know, you, you always felt alive. If you were a bit sort of down in the dumps before you got there, as soon as you got yeah. there, you were reminded yeah. what you were there for. So, the great period back in the late 80s with the Tigers. And I've got to say, not just because Jimmy's here today, you know, they should have won
2: a premiership in that era. They we're very unlucky not to. Yeah. yeah. There, there, Thanks, Ray. Look, 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 it's great. To, thanks for coming on our show, mate. We really appreciate it. Um, a referee of your stature it adds a lot of credibility to the show because Adams <laughs> here we as well, it? so <laughs> um, it'll certainly lift the level of the show. Yeah, we, we, we just talked there. Eighty four to ninety four was your refereeing career, and we probably would have had forty or fifty games we've come across each other, and always yep. very, um, very fair referee, a very impeccable um, credibility. You know, full of respect for you, Greg. I don't think we ever had a blow up in um, in our time. No, it didn't, and it
1: was a period where the uh, the stakes were pretty high, Gary, you know we you were your side was up amongst the leading teams, and there was some plenty of opposition uh, to you there with the Bulldogs who had just come off a, a strong era. um yeah you know Manly were always in the background there, but that period eighty eight eighty nine when Ellery came out and uh, Andy Courier was there, it was a really great period. so you know it was uh, unfortunate that you guys couldn't get the win.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah, I'm very interested interested to hear your top five. Greg, we're going to get to that in a second. Now, the ideal performance for obviously South St Penrith on Sunday night is to get a win. What's the ideal performance for a referee in a grand final?
1: I think you always hope that you're not going to be in a position where you've got to make a decision that uh, it might be proven to be wrong, you know, and it's remarkable. I was going back over these periods. I I go back to 1963 with some of these researchers um, yeah. there's not a great number of refereeing blunders that have cost teams, you would say, in grand finals. Normally they come leading up to the grand final or you know, during the season at some stage. But during the grand finals, generally uh, teams have the, the opportunity to prove that they're the best, and the best team in most occasions comes away with the victory. So, But I've picked out a couple here that yeah. one will be uh, very close to Gary's heart. I'm sure. i on The sure. 1989 grand final.
0: Hey, Just quickly, are you a fan of Jared Sutton? He's got the big game on Sunday night.
1: Oh look, I thought Ashley Klein may have got the nod. Um, particularly after last weekend, I thought there wasn't, you know, a great deal between them. Um, they've got to come a stage though where they make the decision to move on from Jared. You know, Jared's done a number of games. He's been the, the go-to man for everything, origin and grand finals. And
2: mm, yeah, there's a I couple agree. of good
1: referees coming through there. Um, Ashley Klein may have missed the boat now, but you've got um, Grant Atkins, who's the bunker official, uh, coming along well, and you've got Adam G, who's um, also done some of the big games. But the bloke they kept overlooking, and he's now given it away, uh, Matt Checken, you know, he, he's yeah. probably copped a little bit of a hard run over the last few years um, when a lot of people in the game think he's the number one referee.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. I mentioned you did three grand finals. Which was your favourite? Which one did you enjoy the most, Greg?
1: Uh, the first one. You know, the first one's always the, the way because you, you, you're competing with all the other blokes. I was competing with Bill Harrigan, of course. He'd done three before me. Uh, there was Graham Annesley on the scene um, before that mixed stone. So it's very competitive for referees. And, and I think to get a grand final and to be out there on grand final day is is probably... Um, the best thing that can happen to a referee. Look, test matches and origins are great, but grand finals is the week in, week out. That's what the bread and butter is for referees. So that first one in 92, the Dragons and um, uh, the Brisbane Broncos was probably my best memory.
0: So the referees are all like teams. You're competing against each other just like the teams are to get to there on the big day. And what is it like before kickoff? Do you get uh, the the nerves that the players get?
1: No, pretty quiet, really. We we have a... um, generally have a lunch before it so that we, we touch base during the week and there wasn't a great deal of coaching going on with referees either you might have looked at a few things from the week before but um you know one of the things you know, in my area, you were just left alone to referee what was out in front of you you didn't go on with any preconceived ideas I think the referees of today just go out there with too much information in their mind and you know a clear mind you know generally led you to make clear decisions so um, no, there wasn't too much pressure. It was quite relaxed in the dressing room before.
0: So you didn't have a tip sheet saying, watch out for Gary Jack, time-wasting, that sort of <laughs> stuff?
1: Not at all. Yeah, you know, it's ama- it's amazing. People <laughs> think that that happens. Um, we used to run around at Lidcombe Oval. That's where we trained, of course, back in those days. And, you know, um, Mario's name had come up every now and again, or, or Benny's name, but that was about it. There <laughs> yeah. wasn't too much talk, really. None from outside. Nobody yeah. from outside ever get, got into your head at all. Did you
2: read the papers, Greg, leading up to the game?
1: Oh, yeah, there was always around. Um, in those days, of course, that was the the major source of information about rugby league. Peter Fralingos, of course, he broke all yes. the big stories. Um, and, and Rugby League Week, you know, they,
2: yes. that magazine you that
1: came out during the week in the big league, but not like it's now. I don't know if I'd enjoy with all the social media and,
2: yeah. you
1: know, just that constant pumping out of information all the time. I think I'd be turning the TV off a bit. Yeah,
2: it must, it must be difficult if you're a referee with someone in your ear all the time giving you the, their opinion. Um, yeah, You're the referee. You're the head guy. Yeah,
1: and that that happened when just right at the end of my career they started putting uh, a link between the touch judges and yourself. You know? and Most of the time I flicked it out because I couldn't stand <coughs> that noise going on and people calling, oh, there was a player offside, but that, that happened. 10 seconds earlier so your mind is then thinking "Well, what happened 10 seconds ago rather than looking at what was going on ahead Um, now I don't know how they cope with it at the moment with uh, the bunker and everybody's having a word to them I just think it's a bit of overkill and I think that's why referees are a bit gun shy at the moment in, in making decisions because they know whatever decision they make on the field is going to get looked at and overruled possibly anyway
0: well, hopefully uh, there's not too many dramas this week, uh, South versus Penrith. Let's go through your top five, starting with number five, and I'm sure Jimmy will probably, at the end of it, want to weigh in with a couple of his own. What, what's uh, number five, Greg?
1: I have Darcy Lawler down. Darcy Lawler was the most famous of all referees back in, uh, in 1963, and, and West, uh, the Magpies and the Dragons had a lot of competition back there, and there was an incident towards the end of the game where Johnny King went down the sideline. This is the game in all the mud where Mm. that famous photo was taken, and Johnny King was tackled to the ground. Everybody on the ground thought they heard Darcy Lawler call held, but Johnny King got up and dived over in the corner, and that was the winning try. And people people never spoke again that used to be friends and mates (laughs) uh, over that game because it was a game where there was a lot of um, big betting going on at the time. Betting would become big in rugby league, and there was a lot of rumour
2: yeah. Was that against Western suburbs, Greg?
1: Yeah, Western suburbs and the and St. George, yeah. Yeah, the private yeah. summons. Got is that
2: the, the one where Yeah. Is that the one where Jack Gibson walks into the dressing room and says Correct. we can't win? He's yeah. That's the one. He made that's the one, yes. I, I have heard about that.
1: Darcy Lawler, you know, went to his grave um under the burden of a great accusation um that he allowed a try that wasn't a try.
0: All right, what about number four?
1: I'll go back to 1996, David Manson, Manly versus St. George. Manly led uh, 8-2, just conceded a penalty goal. Yeah. And uh, Matthew Ridge came to kick off from halfway, um, kicked the ball 10 metres forward, dived on it. Nathan Brown dived on top of him. And again, everybody expected to play the ball, but not Ridgey, he got up and ran (laughs) another 30 metres. And uh, Beaver Menzies scored under the post just after that, uh, kicked Manly away to a lead that was uh, never really challenged after that.
0: That was a huge play because Manly got a lot of momentum off the back of that. They went into halftime with a spring in their step. I spoke to Mark Carroll for his book, and he told me all about that. He reckoned Ridgie wasn't tackled; that Brown had slid off. But I think a lot, of, a lot of people watching that game, especially St George fans, would differ with that opinion. They reckon Brown made the tackle.
1: I spoke to, to David Manson afterwards. He's emphatic that he wasn't tackled, but he then said later on, he said he, he probably wished he'd made a different decision because of all of the pressure that that came on top of him um, after mm. the game and all that feeling. So, look, it was a touch-and-go decision. And, uh, again, look, the bunker couldn't have helped because it was to play the ball, so they would never have gone back to check it. Yeah. So it was just one of those ones that sits there, a bit similar to the Johnny King one mm. from 1963. Okay, number three. Well, you're sitting down, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I am sitting down, knocking over. Yeah. Bruce Maguire in possession of the ball, (laughs) tight second half, scores are close. Bruce Maguire gets up, plays the ball forward, which you're allowed to do in those days. (laughs) Steve, Walters comes from an offside position. Correct. Bruce Maguire grabs him and forces him ahead and up goes the whistle,
2: penalty against Bruce Maguire. I don't think Bruce grabbed him. I think the other guy ran in front of him. He came from the side and put himself in front of Bruce, and Bruce used him. Uh, he sort of pushed him, but the he, first offence—I look at first offence. Greg and first offence was Walters was offside. He wasn't marker. He got involved in the ruck. He should have been penalised for that.
1: Yeah, Look, I think sometimes referees may blow the whistle and put their arm up the wrong way. That's just my observation. It may have yes, happened I'm- that day. Of course, the referee tells a different story. He says he deliberately. Uh, Played a player that was out of play and all that sort of stuff. But I think um, anybody that watched that would have great, uh, um, I suppose, misgivings to the fact that a player in possession of the ball got, got penalised for something where there was a player offside.
2: But the thing is, Greg, there hasn't been a penalty similar to it in the last 113 years. No, there was never one
1: before it and hasn't been one since. You're quite right. Exactly.
0: That's, yeah, that was, that's my um, point. Yeah, that's referee, my point. Referee Bill Harrigan was the young, youngest referee to ever do a grand final at that point. Yeah. And, that was and his I first do,
2: game, first grand final, yeah. 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 I do think, and there was some feedback from Wayne Pearce, we, we had a reunion a few years ago and the game was there and we went through the game. I've never sort of sat the game until till then and go through it. He reckons that Harrigan put the wrong arm up. It's similar to what you said. He meant to give Balmain a penalty, but he gave Canberra a penalty and he wouldn't change his mind. Yeah.
1: Well, you can't change your mind, unfortunately. In, you can't change your mind, yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk about a little bit later on well, as we get towards the That's, round a, round that's
2: right. a That's, but, a, that's yeah. a hour because Canberra went and scored off that the next set of six. Yeah. <laughs> that's did. to try that Gary Belcher scored to get them back in the game from 14-2 to 14-8. So that was yeah, a and, crucial error.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're the things in big games, that the momentum changes that would go a tight score at the time, and you know that yes. gave the opposition the opportunity.
2: Yeah, Yeah. momentum. So that was ch- number on, three. On the back of a six-one penalty count against us oh, as well.
0: No, no, Greg, what did you bring that up for? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better yeah, it's move not, along. It's then. Not
2: so much, <laughs> it's not so much the penalties as he gave; it's the one he didn't give. They're the ones they didn't give that you don't know about. Yeah. Often and that's there are the a case. Lot of them.
1: Often that's again okay. in grand you know in grand finals everyone's trying to minimise their penalties and not give yeah. penalties away and
0: yes yeah. so, and you're right
1: sometimes it's the one you don't give Gary that is more important than the one you give.
0: Okay, yep. let's uh, move along to yep. number two, referring big well, I'm,
1: I got number two here because it again it doesn't happen very often in games. It's the 1999 yep. grand final, the first one at Stadium Australia, 77th minute, yeah, and. Um, Melbourne Storm are down four points in the grand final. Up goes the kick. Jamie Ainsco collects uh, Melbourne Storm in a Craig Smith high. And the incident, the ball goes loose into the end goal, and the incident for the first time ever in a grand final is handed on to the video referee. And video referee Chris Ward watching replay after replay after replay. And you know the more with video refereeing, the more you watch it, the more you convince yourself. And that day, Chris Ford was convinced that it was a penalty try and Bill Harrigan had no choice but to award the penalty try. And that put, um, with the conversion, Melbourne Storm in front. And in their second year in the competition, Melbourne Storm goes on to win their first premiership.
0: So, just so, so mm. Greg, do you think that call wasn't the right one?
1: No, look, I think overall it was. But I think these days, and it happened during the semi-final series too, um, on one weekend we had two penalty tries awarded where the more you watch it, the more video you watch and they slow it down, I think what it's doing is convincing you that the infringement's taken place. Mm. You know, We've seen other players tackle Indian goal before, but um, the fact that it probably caught him a little bit high and the player was knocked out because of it, Convinced the video referee that it was a penalty try.
0: It was just yeah. such a—it's ma- a massive moment in grand finals. That one that I was yeah, at the gra- I was in the game, and, and you could just feel the buzz. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? And I think Harrigan has said that he he actually believed it was a penalty try as well before going to Chris Ward. But um, it was just a real buzz around the ground. That he and then he marched over to the goalpost as he walked over to the goalpost. That's where you award the the penalty try underneath the post and it was just, everyone realised what was happening and Melbourne were about to win their first premiership. It was just, you've never seen anything like it.
2: I'm not saying all the time, but I think first impression is the right impression. Yeah. yeah. And on that occasion, when you see, you just get a gut instinct, yep, it's a penalty try. You don't need to watch it half a dozen times to, to come up with that decision. It's not all the time, but most of the time I think it's the right decision after you've seen it once or maybe twice. Yeah, with
1: penalty tries, you, you go back through the history of the game and for a long time the only penalty try I ever remember awarded was um, Cole Pierce awarded one in a test match where a Great Britain player uh, tackled an Australian player from behind and penalty try was given and you didn't see too many penalty tries. Gary Cook awarded one in the replay, uh, St George and uh, Parramatta in 77. There was a penalty try awarded right at the end of the, the game. But... Um, The critical one in this one was that it was in the 77th minute and it gave the Dragons very little opportunity to to recover from it. And, again, you're talking about penalties that aren't given or not given. Sometimes these controversial incidents are at what stage of the game they're given. And and going back to your comment earlier on, Adam, about what does a referee want, the referee wants that the teams decide the game, the outcome of the game, and the timing that close to full-time um, made it difficult for St George to come back. So those that felt aggrieved by the fact that the penalty try was given um, are probably aggrieved by the fact that the team had little opportunity at the end of the game to try and pull the game back.
0: Greg, so if you were a referee that day, would you have just given a penalty to Melbourne? What would you have done?
1: Yeah, look, I don't think so. I think I probably would have given a penalty because if it had happened five metres in the field of play, it would be a penalty. Um, these days it's complicated by sin bins, whether you sin bin a player or don't sin bin a player or whatever, but um, it just came out of the blue and, and I suppose that's one thing you've got to be as a referee really on guard that you know you just don't expect that thing to happen where a player is taken out, knocked out in the in-goal area. Uh, back in my era, before video referees, um, the most likely outcome would not have been a penalty try.
0: Yep. All right, well, it's time for number one. I've I've got an inkling. I know what number one's going to be. It's maybe recent, but I'll leave it to you to unveil.
1: Yeah, two years ago, <laughs> two thousand and nineteen, the last season of the two referees, and and probably one of the reasons that they were happy to go to one referee may have been as a complication that came out of this, Ben Cummings uh, ruling six more tackles and then reversing that decision on the field. Mm during the action um, in the Canberra and Roosters grand final. Uh, Scores were tied at the time, of course, and um, Jack Whiten um, received the ball. What he then believed and did happen was a call of six more tackles by the referee, uh, which was then changed during that play-the-ball period or just prior to the -the play-the-ball. Whether Jack Whiten should have heard the, the correction or whatever, to me, it doesn't matter because yeah. the rule book, as I understand it, and, and all referees would understand it, is referee can't change his decision unless it was for prior foul play uh, or on the advice of a touch judge So, uh, in terms of it being out of play or foul play. So the decision to restart the tackle count, uh, in my view, was incorrect. And it's, it's a shame because Ben Cummins is, is terrific. Uh, guy um he really got thrown under the bus over it um but basically you can't change the decision on the field can you imagine if we did change decisions during games where players would yell something out or whatever and the referee will say no we'll cancel that we'll play on but he certainly in his view the ball was uh was played at contact was made six more tackles um when I said about the second referee, the second referee then, he was the one who alerted the referee, uh, Ben Cummings, that that wasn't the play and it should not be six more tackles. So that was. Jared I think Sullivan. that's one of the reasons yeah. that two referees has gone. I'm glad two referees have gone. I don't think we need two referees in the game. Uh, one referee, we enough um, to work out with the bunker as we move forward, but um, the confusion that happened in that game, again, Gary... Towards the end of the game, and mm. the Raiders had very little opportunity to, to to adjust or come back because the Roosters, of course, had possession. Tedesco ran away and scored the try yeah. and won the game for them.
2: Yeah, they went the, went the blind off Keary and caught Joey Lalaurie out of position and. Uh, uh, and Tapu went down inside to Didesco and it's game over. I think
0: Jerry Barney with a real good flick pass, I think, was in there as well. Yes. That, yeah. The Raiders at that point had all the momentum. There was a real yeah. push from the Raiders and you had a feeling they were going to get the job done and that, that call changed it all. And the, the yeah. Raiders, on reflection, lost composure off the back of that and the Roosters kept their heads and, and got the points.
1: Well, that's why that's my number one because I think it's probably been the, the one decision that, that swung a game. Yeah. Um, to to the point, given the time frame of how long to go, the circumstances of the game, it, it was a critical decision, and um, it was just one of those unfortunate ones that happened. And um, yeah. again, you you just hope we go into this weekend where the referee let two sides. And and the great thing about this weekend's game is that both sides play open footy. Yep. So we're not going. I don't think we're going to get that lockdown sort of mm. excuse the pun, but lockdown.
0: Don't play. mention lockdowns. <laughs>
1: Lockdown play that perhaps Melbourne Storm can apply to, to mm. teams. You know, I think it's going to be quite open.
0: Well, I've I've got a couple that I jotted down and I'll toss in there. And your top five was exceptional, by the way. There's a couple others though. That's great. I, Thank I wanted you. To, I wanted to mention uh, 995 Stephen Hughes scored off a seven tackle set for the Bulldogs. That was yep. that was not great. I know a lot of Manly fans are still, I still agree with that one. Is that how, how do you count the tackles when you're out there?
1: I used count them on my fingers, you know, and Kevin Roberts taught me how to do that. There was very little else. Um, when I say little else, there was very little distraction going on when you were refereeing. Mm. Um, back in my era. As we said, there wasn't too much going on in your in your earphone. Um, you were just there concentrating on what you were doing. And if you couldn't count tackles, well then you didn't have much chance really refereeing, could you, if you couldn't yeah. do that. But um, I remember,
0: yeah. that was it. Now, cool,
1: now the touch judges do it, the, the bunkers. Um, doing it so um there's very little chance of getting it wrong but again it's critical when it does go wrong because teams it's amazing how players know you know gary yourself, where, what the tackle count is. It's amazing yeah. players know that because it's part of their defensive patterns Yeah. on, on how they're going to, you know, um, shut plays. Players, kick, yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. All
0: um, right, my favourite grand final of all time, 1986, Mick was the referee, Brett Kenny, coat-hanged by Phil Sigsworth, um, sent off. Yep. Did he get it right, Stoney?
1: Oh, I think so. At that time, yeah. Look, now it wouldn't even be probably,
0: you, you might
1: even just give a penalty, or you might have just got a caution on the run. But in those days, um, there, there are periods of the game where referees do crack down on things, as we know from this year. But in those days, if someone hit someone high um, and they went to the ground like um, Kenny did, then you know it was a dismissal. It's, it's yeah. not too many. Rex Mossett was sent off once in a grand final, of course.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, back in the fifties, uh, he and Harry, Bar- Harry Bath, it might have been, went with him. So. Not too many players get sent off, and um, it's one of those issues that you dealt
2: with at the time. Can I ask you a question, Greg? It's obviously close to my heart. Nineteen eighty-eight. <laughs> now it's a little bit different. Um, Peter Tunks was sin-binned for stomping on Ben Elias yep. from by Mick Stone. Yep. He got. I think he got five in the bin. Yep. Um, Five in the bin. Steve Roach got four weeks suspension in the major (laughs) preliminary. Sorry, the minor preliminary final because he threw a punch at Chris Warner. He got four weeks, and yet Tungsti got five in the bin for a stomp in a grand final.
1: Yeah, he was very lucky. I think that day, you know,
0: very lucky. Well, Benny probably does. Benny probably deserved it. You know what Benny's
2: like. (laughs) Well, well, irrespective of that, he was lucky. (laughs) He was very, very lucky, extremely lucky, and then. In the same game, Ellery Hanley gets taken out by Terry Lamb and Andrew Farrell, mainly Terry Lamb. Mm. And what surprises me, and and I was a player, that the referee and both touch judges never saw the tackle. No. How is that possible?
1: Yeah, it's one of those ones that slipped through, didn't it, um, and critical because Ellery had come back uh, in that period um, I refereed you guys at uh, Brookvale Oval when Ellery had come back. Yes. Know, in a game against Manly, 8-4, it ended up. And uh, in fact, in that game, Blocker had hit um, Correct. Phil Daly in back and mm, we had to
2: take that's play. That's right. Gary Freeman. That took a try off us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, again, you know, you've got to make sure you get those right. And oh. the ironic thing about that is in my last game, um, Mal Meninga got Terry Lamb, knocked him <laughs> senseless. Yeah, yeah well, that's I'm
2: good. In the game. So
1: <laughs> they say that's karma. <laughs> <Calmer.
2: calmer. laughs> karma. There was an incident too, Greg, and thanks for talking to us, in I think it was 85, Mick Stone, major preliminary final versus the Tigers. It went to extra time when we played Canterbury, mm. and the touch judge, we scored a try in the corner, but the touch judge stood in the field of play, and Mick Stone didn't give the try in the corner. Mm. Do you, does that ring a bell with you, that game? was that um, Gary okay. Schofield? Gary Schofield. Yes, Gary Schofield scores in the, scores yeah, in the corner. That. Yeah, yeah. In the, and it was a good It was a good pass. No, no no. Qu- look, it, it was a good pass. I'm not saying, yeah, it, but it was. But the touchy stood there and Stone didn't give it as a try. Yeah, that'd be... That'd be crucial.
1: <laughs> yeah, because the touch judge needs to go into the in-goal area in those days. Yeah. If he so he can override the referee? In. Well, he can give advice. The referee could have yep. overruled him. Uh, at the end of the day, it's the referee's call. Not
2: okay. Jim, so he Jim. could have overruled him. Okay. Well, that's, yep. good. that's good to
0: hear. Jimmy, this is supposed to be grand finals. We can't go back through all the games that Baume got robbed in. Okay. And there's one more I thought There's one more I thought of. Uh, El Masri, 2004 grand final. I know the Roosters fans were blown up about this. He took an eternity to get the ball down. I don't know if you remember that one. There was a stack of um, Roosters defenders, but uh, eventually the try was given.
1: Uh, What did you think of that one? Yeah, I I saw that the other night as I was doing a little bit of research for this um, program uh, today. I saw that and I think you see it a fair bit these days where players get into the end goal and they wrestle. He actually landed on top of a group of players and they had a hold of him and he lunged himself forward and ended up forcing the ball. I think under today's play, that would be a try. There'd be no doubt that that was a try. But at the time, I remember thinking that you know it was probably – he was His momentum was stopped, but he was certainly, um, in his body language, mm. was moving at the time. So it was just one of those snap decisions. He was able to break three of the players, get over them. And that was a critical try too, was, yeah, to remember. Uh, but the time it was scored and the outcome of the game was critical.
2: And you remember, Greg, as a referee, on the weekend, Toho scored a try for Panthers in the corner, and the goal kicker took the kick about yeah. five or six metres where the spot was, has yeah. that ever happened to you as a referee?
1: <laughs> no, mate. We used to stay in position. That was Eric Cox used to be our boss. You'd, yes. If you'd moved and that had happened in the game when Eric Cox was in charge, you, you your um, therapy would be a kick up the backside and <laughs> six months in reserve grade. That's what would happen to you. So you didn't yeah, make yeah. those mistakes. That that should That's, never have
2: happened. And should never have happened, um, yeah. mate. Ma, can you
1: imagine the outcry there'll be? If that yeah. happens in the grand final on the weekend, and oh. you just can't get that wrong, you know the touch judge has yeah. got his job, the referee, and sometimes there's a lot of noise going on, and, and people just lose concentration, and you know you can't have that sort of stuff but happening.
0: Greg, in the if case. that happened, if that happened in park footy, if that happened under thirteens game, the referee yeah. get their butt kicked. It's just yeah, that's it's, just yeah, so yeah, elementary. I
1: don't, I don't understand how how it's happened, and I think the guys, that the, the, in fact the two involved, the touch judge and the referee. Still maintain their role in the grand final. Yeah, nice. Todd Smith, yeah. Sutton. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things that um, you look back in other eras, and they may not have, right. <laughs> they may not have been there the next week if it had happened. Yeah. It had
2: so been... that, that's interesting. You say that that it never happened in your your career as a, as a referee. No, because you
1: were very particular. T- yep. Back in our, our day, and, and you remember because you you were interacting with them. We had some great touch, the touch judges back in those days, Martin Weeks and those guys, they, they knew what they were doing, and they took yep. great pride in I'm not saying the guys today don't, but that was their job. Their job was to make sure they marked the spot where the try was scored. My job then, and the total responsibility is with the referees, not with the touch judge. Total responsibility with the referee. You never move from in line. You stayed there until the player came and placed the ball and, and built the mound or put the kicking tee down. You know, those things would never happen back then.
2: Did, did you ever, as a referee, when someone was shooting for goal, ever say to the player, you need to aim it a bit more to the left or a bit more to the right?
1: <laughs> no, but it has happened. Kenny Irvine got tipped off by that legendary Darcy Lawler. He was the one that did it.
2: That's that's all yeah. I asked you. I just wanted to make sure if you'd ever done it. Uh, I said a couple of
1: times to the player, I don't think you'll kick this, but. They proved me wrong and kicked
2: it. <laughs> but he did actually kick the goal, didn't he, Kenny Everyone, He kicked he the did. goal for a he straight He adjusted we- it, and it went between the posts, and the referee wow. awarded it. <laughs> yeah, well, you could have, you could have said. Mick Cronin, Mick, just aimed it a bit to the left, Mick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Greg, great it's been, uh, your whole time it's, there, been Greg. Uh, it's been great having a chat and um, I know Jimmy's really enjoyed it. It's been very insightful. Uh, before you go, uh, you can give us a tip now because you're not refereeing. Who's going to win the 2021 decider?
1: Well, I thought the Panthers were good things last year. I, I thought they, you know... They got strangled by Storm. Storm got out there and knocked around. I don't think that'll happen again. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, even though Mm. Penrith's last couple of games have been low-scoring. Both sides have got plenty of tries in them. Now, South, you can see four or five tries. The Panthers, you see four or five tries. So I'm tipping a high-scoring game, but I'm tipping the Panthers to get home. Um, It'll be exciting whatever way it goes.
0: Yeah, we're all looking forward to it, and hopefully, uh, no, not too many dramas. We do love the odd drama, but hopefully, we get through without any major controversies. Uh, Greg McCallum, thanks so much for joining us here on the Fend.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, thanks guys.
0: Thank,
2: thanks, 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 Greg. It's been great to catch up with you, mate. You're a great referee, and I really appreciate everything you you've done in your career as a referee. All the best for the future. Thank you. Thanks,
1: mate. Good enough. Take care, everybody. Bye. You